flying clothesline, a two by four to the face. Then she hits you with a turnbuckle splash. Wrestle Club Podcast. Wissakisa. It's her and her friends. And they talk about wrestling. Every kind of wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone team, welcome to the Wrestle Club UK podcast. My name is Sakisa. If you really enjoy wrestling podcasts, please like and subscribe and tell your friends about this podcast. This week, I am joined by my wonderful friend, Mark Cram. Say it right or don't say it at all. <sighs> it's main event, Mark Cram, here with <laughs> Sakisa once again. <laughs> I need to get you a t-shirt that says main event, Mark Cram. I've got my own t-shirt, so I just wear them around the house. <laughs> No one else is allowed to wear a main event Mark Cram t-shirt because they are not main event Mark Cram. The main event. I really would love when they used to get together with a partner just being like, I am the main event. Welcome to the main event. And I'm a main event not being interrupted by Dolph Ziggler, so that's nice. (laughs) Um, How has your week been? How's my week been? Pretty chill. Yeah. Been watching some wrestling. Oz. Doing some comedy. Oz. Cooked a really nice... uh, Dinner yesterday. I <laughs> kept a really nice dinner. Yeah. What dinner did you cook? Sometimes it's imp- important to appreciate the small things, man. Get that hike going within you. You know, just those moments that make you happy. And sometimes cooking a meal is that. What did you cook? Uh, something just sort of like this potato curry thing. So no meat in it? No, that's why it's a potato curry. <laughs> okay, fine. Shout out the vegans. Aww, mm. You can become vegan. No. Okay, fine. I just like to say if I sp- if I say that enough on like the podcast, people will give me credit for it. Okay. And then I think Mark Cram's a really good human being. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> you are Mark Cram. It's 2024. We'll be better people. Well, how are you going to be a better person in 2024? Um, I am going to do um more fitness. Yeah. Um, and check in with my mental health more. You should learn to wrestle. No. Um. Maybe. We'll see. What a feature for the podcast. We'll see. We'll see. Sakisa's journey through the, I'm assuming, Lucha Academy. Lucha Academy. Is that still going? I think it is, actually. Like, I don't think I would be a high-flying kind of wrestler. No? No. You're a technical wizard. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm maybe a technical wizard. Are you a, brawl- are you a brawler? You go to South London and I... I just, just punch some people in the face. Like. Late night, you're Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I uh, also realized that from listening to this podcast because obviously i have to edit it gets edited by a wonderful producer uh and then i have to listen back to it but i when i talk i act like i'm in therapy i feel like i do that a lot in this podcast go i feel like this i feel like this i feel like i'm in therapy sometimes i feel like of the people that regularly do this podcast you'd be the more likely to be the therapist than yeah. and give out therapy yeah and then receive therapy i mean between me richard daddy and Ibs, there's some real undiagnosed mental issues going on between the four of us and some of them diagnosed as well um and our guest today definitely has yeah um, some. yeah i'm not sitting on the head of the table today and that's because we have got a wonderful guest on this podcast mr jerry bakewell mm. very excited about that but good be- friend of the podcast good friend of the podcast good friend of ours um but before we uh introduce him we might as well just start with our wonderful segment popping heat which is our ups and downs of the week um there's been a lot going on um mark do you want to kick it off well, firstly do we have a have a jingle for pop and heat does it go no. like, does it go like, well i don't listen to the podcast so when, 
So when it gets to pop and heat, it's going like pop and heat or something like that. No, that's more money uh, for jingles. <laughs> we've, not, we've not got budget for pop <laughs> and heat. We've got jingles. Well, I'll, just, I'll just say it again. Pop and heat. <laughs> All right. So pop and heat. So what made me pop this week? What, what made, made me pop? The return of the most entertaining member of the New Day. Xavier Woods is back on Raw this week. Yeah. To avenge the death of Kofi King. Oh, wow. <laughs> maybe, a bit, maybe being a bit dramatic, but he's back to avenge Kofi. What I love about this angle is you're pushing Xavier into a position where he's probably going to have an intercontinental title match yeah. with Gunter, which is great. Even if he loses, it's always nice to be Xavier in a, in a prominent singles role because he's never got... He had the King of the Ring, but he's never had the same turn that Kofi and Big E got. He had a, he had a small run where he was going after a championship yeah. last year. Well, he beat he beat Reigns. And attack, he was the last person to pin him or something before the Jey Uso pin Yeah, him. but there was a run where he was going... I can't remember if it was the US Championship or the Intercontinental Championship. He had a little run. Yeah. And there was... Because he obviously had been talking about the fact that he had never had a singles championship ever. And I'd like to see them play that up again. If they're not going to return to the Gable story, then I'd like them to carry on this with Xavier. It's great. And also what I like about this angle is you're also getting uh, Kaiser is being prominently features as a wrestler the last yeah. few weeks, not just the guy standing next to Gunter. Because anyone that's watched, um, formerly known as Axel Dieter on the Indies, is an exceptional technician, very, very, very good in the ring. For a long time, he was seen as the leader of ring camp on the Indies, which is now Imperium, yeah. pretty much, uh, on the Indies. So he is, has a lot to offer, and it's really great to get him to see, get him to see him show that as well. Yeah, I, I do hope they don't break up Imperium. That is not what I want to see happen. I don't think they need to do that. No, I don't think but, they need to But since this is pro wrestling in America, there's only so long you can be a tag team unless mm. you're the New Day who just carry on being friends forever. <laughs> Everyone else, even the Usos split up. Yeah. And they're literally twin Twins. brothers. <laughs> They've got DNA through them. We're like, no. Um. I mean, and, when, and uh, these tag team breakups never work anyway. let's. Do we all remember Reverend Devon? Do you remember how what the success <laughs> Reverend Devon was? He had a run. He had a bit of a run. Hardy's I can did okay. With Batista. Batista, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Deacon Batista, Batista. carrying that box of money <laughs> with a shaved head and a massive chain. You know, like because before they cast Batista's police, do you remember who they had doing it for the first two weeks? Oh crap! That's a oh sh- that's a while. Because he also had his tag team split up by the brand split at the time as well. Oh wow! So, for a moment. His part, this partner went to Raw and went into the hardcore division because he it was Bradshaw and Farouk slash Ron Simmons no. for the first two weeks was oh. it was D- Reverend Devon's late lackey and so everyone went this is so grossly miscast <laughs> this is not this does not suit who Ron Simmons is at all it's really true actually yeah. Yeah. and then they gave up and got the acolytes back or the APA back together because yeah. until Bradshaw JBL uh, I can't think of a tag team split that's worked really well for both partners uh, Hardy Boys. Did Matt do that well? <laughs> I'm the feud with Edge. Yeah, only because Edge stole his girlfriend <laughs> in real life. You can't plan for that to happen every yeah, week. It's true. Uh, Shout out Edge. Shout out. Oh no, Adam <laughs> Copeland. Get that. Get it. Oh, I was yeah. talking about the guitarist from U2. <laughs> uh, that's a good question, actually. If there's a tag team that's been successfully. Every Shawn Michaels, there's a Marty Jannetty. Oh, there is. Oh, my God. That is actually quite cool. Brett did really well. Jim the Anvil, Neidhart, not so much. Mm, it's more factions, isn't it? Like NWO. Yeah. Let's look at the lineup of the original NWO and see how well it did. You'd argue that Hulk was quite big going into that. Yeah, so yeah. You can't yeah. really give him the credit. Nash, already a world champion. Scott Hall, you know, 
just carried on being Scott Hall, um, unfortunately, for a long time. Um, great performer. Love Scott Hall. Uh, X-Pac. All right. <laughs> great worker. Love yeah. him. Again. Um, so it's hard to say. Any, uh, what is everyone going to break away? Everyone. Evolution might be. Evolution. Yeah, evolution. Batista. I mean, but oh, you could flare a pass because obviously he was on the way out. Yeah. yeah. But so everyone did pretty well out of evolution. That's probably the biggest one, actually. Yeah. Success. Um... Yeah, no, it's actually quite true if you think about, like, tag team-wise, I think it's quite hard to think about one. I feel like Edge and Christian... They both did very well. Yeah. But one did a lot better but than the other. other. Yeah. I remember seeing Christian saying in an interview, he was like, my career's great if you look at what I've done. Yeah. But the problem is everybody compares me to Edge. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Who's yeah. done more. You know, it's like, if he, goes, he goes, I'm a two-time world champion. I've done this, this, like, but Edge is Edge. <laughs> I think that's the problem when it comes to like breakups in it it's about it's like if you think about boy bands when they split up so one is always going to do better than out of the rest of the rest yeah. of the group all the all the boy bands that i know loads about let's get into that gary barlow <laughs> he's one he's, he's one. one of them yeah robbie williams obviously he left take that did pretty well but, then, but then take that came back and did really well. well yeah and then obviously robbie williams came back did he come back to take that? Yeah, he came back to take that for a while. I feel like the podcast has wandered way off. It the, has. The... Um, well, no, I kind of agree with you with like Xavier Woods coming back into the single scene. I feel like he deserves the run mm. and at least have a championship. And maybe later on in the year. I don't see him taking it off Gunter. Also, it's another little story to weave into the Rumble, isn't it? Which is nice. The mm. Imperium versus New Day. Um, my first up of the week is the return of TNA. Return of TNA. Yeah, if you want to pull it that a way. A company which largely, let's face it, we've all still been calling TNA. Yeah, no, <laughs> the last years. We have definitely referred to Impact Wrestling as TNA yeah. multiple times on this podcast. <laughs> and not one of you nerds on the internet has pulled us up on it. And they would if they knew, but they don't care because it's just always been TNA. But it's not. is it nice in the back of the old branding? It's an, it's an interesting idea. They're, they're taking a swing. They're trying to do something. It's a product that's been booked really well for a, quite a while now. Yeah. And But they're just, no one's watching it still. But Josh Alexander's been superb. I am such a huge Alex Shelley fan. I'm glad that he got a run with the bill. They've now, they've brought in a big name, which we'll probably get to later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk about it now because it's my up. So it was, up? it was a decent pay-per-view. It felt like a really hard reset. Mm. I didn't really, I only caught glimpses of the pre-show. I really, pre-show stuff is, when you add it along with the rest of the pay-per-view, it's so long. <laughs> so no one wants long. to sit there and watch five hours. So long. But the not, if the first match, the Knockouts Ultimate X match was great. So great to have that as like a showcase first match staple. Well, it makes sense because TNA... Um, the knockout division in TNA was so far ahead of WWE's. Yeah, division. yeah. Gail Kim and Orson Kong just used to have amazing matches weekly. Scott Demore was in charge of booking the women's division there as well. He was obviously big in charge of management there as well. So it's uh, it's it's good to see them kicking off the reboot with going back to their roots, basically. It definitely is. Um, also, we have to shout out the X Division Triple Threat match. Um, Again, TNA staple, X Division. These are the two things they were known for at the beginning. It was it was so so good. Um, it just felt like, you know, when cruiserweights were like flipping everything, and it was like it felt respected. Yeah, and that's it. Kind of maybe was like, oh, no one really does this anymore. Well, it's, it's interesting. Thing is, does no one do this anymore? Anymore, or does everyone do this now? 
Because Seth Rollins is an ex-division wrestler. Yeah. If you watch Seth Rollins, and that's no disrespect to Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins is superb. But that's become that's become the main event style now. AJ Styles, well, was the quintessential ex-division wrestler, went on to be a world multiple-time world champion in WWE. Seth Rollins is that. You could argue even someone like CM Punk would have fit into an ex-division back in the day. Anyone, it's hard to pick a main eventer that could not have, in WWE right now, who could not have been an ex-division style wrestler at some point. Equal Brock Lesnar. Brock can do a shooting style press, mate. <laughs> Can you? I fucking can't. <laughs> Look, you got to remember that PCO, Pierre Carlo, was in the X Division as a man called X, and he was way too big to be there. Samoa Joe was in the X Division. Yeah, it's true, actually. But basically, what, what, by, yeah. what the, by a point, they which was made the X Division was just the matches that were good division, basically. <laughs> hey, we want to have AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels wrestling Samoa Joe. Does that make sense in terms of weight classes or anything? No, no. but it would be great. So they did it. No. Um, I will get, also give a shout out to Eric Young's intro. It was, it, it kind of felt like, do you remember when um, NXT came back and Slipknot was the theme song? Yeah. And like Triple H was very much like, this is NXT. It kind of felt like that energy. So the thing is with Eric Young, I love Eric Young. He is so charismatic. He's so good in the ring. He's always had a good look. He's always delivered in everything he's ever done. WWE dropped the ball with him massively. Sanity would have been so, like it could have been such a it was great in NXT and then it would have been such a different energy moving into main roster but it just never happened. And as a performer, it could go from starting in the X Division with the Team Canada stuff, then he was doing the Super Eric comedy stuff and he was absolutely mm. and then the Don't Fire Eric stuff was incredible and then he did the serious stuff and then he was somehow bossing around Kevin Nash and Scott Hall who looked let's face it we're doing what Kevin Nash and Scott Hall did in the early two thousands just sort of wondered about going someone's still paying us we don't know why <laughs> yeah. As Kevin Nash puts it, you, you don't walk away when a cash machine's still spitting out dollar, spitting out dollar bills. Yeah. So. Too sweet. But I love Eric Young. I liked his intro. It was... I, I feel like they didn't check the copy properly because they managed to use, use the phrase R-Truth about yeah! three times. <laughs> which was either a really nice Easter egg for R-Truth yeah. or someone did not read that out loud <laughs> when they were R-Truth, R-Truth. Yeah. That, I'm sure we, won't need, we don't need to read that out loud to see what that sounds like. Yeah. We had quite a few uh, championship switches on the pay-per-view itself mm. tag team the knockout championship uh switch uh with trinity because obviously it was rumored that how her contracts ended mm. this was kind of her farewell are we gonna see trinity in the rumble well, that's what the rumor is well i would imagine if she's dropping that belt her contract's up Daddy's back in charge again in WWE. Um, so she can, I would imagine she'd go back there. And I know there's a lot of talk of Mercedes Monet or Sasha Banks as well going back to AEW. Wouldn't be surprised if that goes the other way as well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Of course, this podcast might will, might come out too late and then she's already signed with AEW and I'm like a moron. But until then, <laughs> <laughs> but I think yeah, I think Trinity back to WWE is is, is, is quite. Likely. It kind of makes sense. Um, I do think her run within TNA was a bit too short, but I can appreciate that. Maybe she just wanted to come back, have momentum, like show people what exactly she can do. Yeah, and make them remember how good of a talented wrestler that she actually is. I think for her as well, I think there's probably an inkling that she didn't want to commit to AEW. Mm. She, I think she was... Because you remember, her husband works there. Yeah, yeah. Like you want to work in the same company as your spouse. I'd imagine it's, you see a lot more of them that way. Um, yeah. Or maybe you don't want to see more of them. I don't know how happy their marriage is. At Trinity and, <laughs> and Jimmy? Jimmy. Jimmy. Is, uh, <laughs> one of the interchangeable Usos. Whichever one's with Trinity. <laughs> Jimmy. It's Jimmy. Um, but we did have a... Uh, also, 
we had I'm gonna talk about some returns actually before I talk about this. We had um Ash by Elegance turned up, who was Dana Brooke. Yeah, that's something the world didn't need. Wow. Let let the woman have a second chance. Come on now. <laughs> let the woman have a second chance, for God's sake. Pick a, pick one pose, all right? You don't do 15 oh. on the way to the ring. Stop hating. Stop hating. Uh, we had Brookside turn up, and then in terms of the main event, there was a title change, so this is a spoiler if you haven't watched it already. Moose is the new champion um, of TNA mm. um, after beating Alex Shelley. And at the end... We had the debut of Nick Nemeth. Who's Nick Nemeth? AKA Dolph Ziggler. I would have really liked him to have done the hi, I'm Nick Nemeth spot. Because if you remember how he debuted as Dolph Ziggler, yeah, yeah. He used to, that was his gimmick was going around. Don't forget that. When you think about how bad these Dolph Ziggler may or may not have been booked, he was eventually world champion from coming in with a gimmick where his gimmick was trying to shake people's hand. So he did pretty well to recover from there. Um, but yeah, so Nick Nemeth, huge get for TNA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is, like, whenever you've heard anyone being talked about going to TNA, like, when Punk was there, oh, he could go to TNA. Well, Will Ospreay could go to TNA. You never really saw it happening. No. You just, they, they, people, they might use TNA as, like, a, might do a few matches there. They might... Like a stepping use point. It, or use it as even a contract negotiation piece with other companies. But to actually land one of the big names... Who, let's face it, that world title is going to be on him within two months. Do you think so? Because you are wearing a moose hat. I was saying. I'm wearing a moose hat. It's not in reference to moose. <laughs> moose is my second favorite wrestler named after a mammal. Who's your first? Rhino. Oh, obviously, Oz, Oz, who are both in TNA. Both in TNA. <laughs> if you want to watch wrestlers named after mammals, TNA's the company for you. Yeah. Um, debut next week of. Um, what else is a mammal? <laughs> elephant? The elephant man. No, that's a different no, thing. I don't, I don't want that. Uh, we also, I'm just going to say there was a, an amazing spot within the four-way tag team championship. There was a UFO cutter. Um, obviously, it was also really nice to see the grizzled young veterans in there. Love that. Zach Gibson oh. is ah. such so a heat magnet so generator. If you didn't see Zach Gibson work the UK indie scene... He could not cut a promo. Well, but that, I mean, I don't mean he's, he's bad at promos. He's so good at promos, he could not cut promos because the crowds would start booing every time he tried to speak. Mm. He well, was exceptional. Well, they still got time. They will be at Progress. So you They will be at Progress, 28th of January. Still got time. Still got time to watch that. And Zach Gibson, I assume, is doing Rev Pro as well. I don't know, but probably sounds right. Yeah, well, he faced Michael Oku. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, also, this week, in terms of ups... It's got to be our truth. Our truth is just a. <laughs> sorry, sorry, whose truth is that? TNA's truth? <laughs> WWE's truth. WWE's uh, our truth. WWE's our truth. And look. Our truth is, sorry, the, a genius. And you know what Sami Zayn was doing with the bloodline? Obviously, it's kind of similar. Like our truth is doing this. You're not going to get the same emotional payoff. You're not going to. You're not going to get the same emotional payoff. Because everyone knows our truth's not going to win a world title. But, <laughs> no. like, but he's so good, he's and he's so he's and and you can feel them trying not to laugh at him. The inter- it's similar. That's where it's similar. To the yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's, like they are so like you priest. You see it. Priest and Balor are constantly on the verge of every bracket. time he speaks. 
And he's so funny and he's so good. And it's so good to see him prominently featured in the program again. Yeah, when he's just like, I'm just selling merch. Just, <laughs> I'm just bootlegging, bootlegging get, merch. When he gave Priest the cut of the merch. <laughs> the and then Priest was like to everyone else, you should get your cut. <laughs> <laughs> and JD was like, do I get a cut? And R-Truth was like, you're not in, in the, Judgment Day. <laughs> he's not in the Judgment Day. He lost the match. He's out of the Judgment Day. It's just so funny. I just think about it and I just start laughing and I don't know what it is. And I don't know if you saw there's a video package. You know the entrance that they do and there's the the, the video of yeah. the I wanna say Let's call it a Titan Tron. Yeah, that well, I'm trying to figure out how you call those um the deaf people. I'm gonna call them deaf people. The Grim Reaper looking people. Yeah, with the hoods. With the hoods on, yeah, yeah. There's one where our truth is like in the background of it. It's hilarious. I haven't seen that. It's so that hilarious. So funny. It, and it's got live, laugh, laugh. The thing is, in, in an industry which notoriously does comedy so badly, like yeah. consistently bad, to see someone who's absolutely nailing it, because he's not, you know what? Because he's not being spoon fed a script. They're just sort of going to him, eh, you, yeah. you be you. You do you. You do you. What about your downs this week, Mark Cram? Downs? How can you go over any other down? They hindered gender <laughs> once again. Could you really see it okay, happening? This is going to be a down, but not because Jinder Mahal didn't win the world title. Jinder Mahal was never going to win the world title. The match should have been a bit longer, I think, possibly. But I think it was actually pretty good, and I think they handled it pretty well. The down this relates to is the owner of a billion-dollar wrestling company arguing with uh, with uh, Jinder Mahal on the internet like a petty teenage girl. Oh, but it was good drama. It was so good. <laughs> so it's not Tony love- can't... It's- it's Tony can't control his emotions. That's his problem. Ooh, I this podcast shame. has gone slightly anti-AEW. I'm not anti-AEW, but I'm a bit anti-Tony Khan. Um, it's... He... Why? Why even engage? You've, you've done the thing that he's not been able to do his own. He's kind of got Jinder Mahal over. Yeah. The crowd the crowd are kind of warming to Jinder because Tony he Khan <laughs> basically said they shouldn't. <laughs> it was um it was an interesting like development with that whole thing. Oh, I tell you what, unless Jinder's contract's up with WWE soon and Tony Khan is getting Jinder's profile up and he's gonna sign him for <laughs> oh in God. which case he's a genius. You know I'm very much pro AEW. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm trying to get tickets, carry on. No, you, I feel like people who heard the podcast or hear me speak about AEW will know that I'm very much pro AEW. I don't like you know I've got issues with the fact there's no sto- there's no storylines blah 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 blah. Some of there is it just doesn't certain bits about it just is yeah. But I just feel like the wrestlers in it are talented. Oh, the hey. matches they do is epic, um, and it, we talk about them quite a lot. And they're, they're five star matches some of them um, within AEW, and I just think. Tony Khan needs to not number one, don't have a mic. I hate when he talks <laughs> on I a s- mic. I said it before, I'll say it again. Tony Khan will win the AEW title <laughs> before the end of this year. We'll see. One thing that's gonna happen this week, uh, by the time this podcast has aired, because this obviously airs on a Friday and Dynamite is on a Wednesday, is that Samoa Joe is going to face Hook. For the championship. Yeah, first big Hook, he's got a really great name. No one forgets it. And he is... Um, I like Hook. Look, he's, he's lovely. He's a good-looking kid. Of course. And that's important. 
He'll be less good looking after Samojo fucks him up. Oh no, it's gonna be. But I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And again, this was Tony. Like, I don't get why people are upset that Tony. Like, Hook's not gonna win the world title. It's just he's a transitional challenger. But it's gonna, but it's gonna be a fun match. The crowd will really be behind Hook. And if you're trying to establish Joe as a big heel, because a lot of the crowd like to cheer Samoa. Yeah, cause because he's Samoa Joe. I mean, the chant he's going to fuck you up yeah, or Joe gonna is going to kill you is... Yeah, even when he's a heel, people still chant. Yeah. So you put in there with a guy that the crowd love and the crowd love Hook. Yeah, he, I just think it's just gonna, it's going to be... A, I want to see how long it's going to last. That's the thing I'm very interested Hook's about. Hook's not wrestled many long matches. No, and this is the thing. Like, he was on Collision and had, like... I'm going to call it, like, a showcase match, like, mm. to show that he's worthy of this championship match on Dynamite. And it was great, but it was short. Mm. And I'm very intrigued to see how long this championship match is. Also, I don't mind Hook having had short matches. It absolutely works no, for the no. character and what he does. And he's been put in there with a guy that if you're going to wrestle for a longer match, Joe's going to be in control most of the match. So it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Is that your down or is that your up? I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like it's going to be a good entertaining match. I just don't know. Is it just showcasing Samoa Joe as a legitimate champion? Are we... Doing something with Hook. I think you're recreating what they did in RH with Joe back in the early 2000s, where he's a chance he's a champion that beats everyone. Yeah, and and you do that for a while until you have someone built up to beat him. Ooh. And that's not going to be Hook. It's probably going to be Jinder Mahal when they bring him in. Uh, that'll be the one. Well, we just briefly as we talk about AEW um, on NJPW this week um, on Saturday or last week Saturday, if you want to put it that way, uh, Jack Perry turned up. Famed uh, son of Luke Perry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also a wrestler, for those who don't know. Um. Um, Jack Perry, a.k.a. Jungle Boy, turned up and attacked, um, I'm going to say, Umano. Um, and ripped up the AEW contract. In the <laughs> well. And then put an armband on him, and said, which said, scapegoat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are now once again into the area of wrestling contract law. <laughs> Where you can negate any contract merely by tearing up, signing somebody else's name on it, hiding it from someone, taking it away. Uh, Do I think it's an angle? Yeah. Yeah. It's an angle. Like, they know what they're doing. They've got a working relationship with New Japan. Jack Perry will be back at AEW and doing stuff soon. I also, um, at the end of Dynamite Sting, um, was about to be interviewed about his last match. Who does he want to face? And then the Young Bucks came out. And I kind of was like, are they going to, is this going to be the last match? But also I kind of feel like Sting's last match should just be a single match. Well, it's supposedly Sting's choice to do the tag match. He wants Derby involved. Yeah. So then your only option is for him to wrestle Derby as a singles. So he's not going to do that. So I think that would be great. I think it would be great, but I don't think Sting thinks he can go and do a good, a good Sting wants his last match to be good. So he's going to house it in a tag match and make it good. And the Young Bucks, they'll make it good. They're, they're great at what they do. But, and the issue is, if you want to do a singles match for Sting, if you want Sting's last match to be, usually you want it to be against a significant opponent, someone in his career, yeah, someone exactly. that he did. They're all dead or retired. Give me, give me a, give me someone that can work a match with Sting that is significant from his career. I would have liked to see Chris Jericho, but they they didn't have much interaction ever, really. But which is the point? Like, if you imagine, like, well, in that case, give him Edge. You was on the program for how long? It's been like two years, yeah. two and a half years now. You've been on the program, and they only really like interacted once in this tag team match. Or like, it was, I think it was, a, it was a four way match, wasn't it? Really. But if you look at Sting's career, his big opponents: Flair, Horseman, Luger. He's not going to do Flair. 
Well, who knows? <laughs> who knows at this point? Imagine if he did Flair. So Flair and Hogan, again, not going to work. So See, what would have been nice if it was Derby Sting yeah. with Flair being the special guest referee? Do we think Flair can count to three with his dementia? Or Wow. You like to throw some shade on this podcast, babe. Do you think Ric Flair is going to listen to this podcast? No, I'm just saying you just like to throw out some shade. I haven't really spoken about SmackDown this week, and that's because SmackDown was a bit meh. I'm not going to lie. We're in the holding pattern for the Rumble now, aren't we? Yeah, we are in the holding And most of the featured players in the Rumble are on Raw. Mm, exactly. And also, Karrion Cross and Arthur's a pain. No. They're there, aren't they? No. Yeah. I, I'm intrigued to see where we go with this. And it... Karrion Cross is just not interesting. We talked about this before on the podcast. Yeah. I feel like... Again, I feel like... Therapy. There you go. I feel like... Um, Put them back in NXT. And also, oh, one thing. Di- we- Sorry, I'm just gonna say. Go on. Who's dick did Paul Ellering start to still have a job with that company? <laughs> Guy's not been relevant since the Road Warriors, uh, and now he's still falling around the orb. He was shit the first time they did it. He's offering nothing. They've already got a manager for that faction. I know that was the weirdest thing. He's just an old bloke standing around saying nothing. I don't know what he. Again, it's going to be intriguing to see what they bring to the table. Um, and how they will interact with each other and how it will work with the dynamics between them. So that would be interesting. But again, I'm really upset at how we haven't gone full heel with Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. We should have just done that. The problem is they're just so cool. Mm, That's annoying. Uh, One thing I will mention, though, in terms of SmackDown, was that the promo video between Tyler Bates and Butch He's going to be Pete again. Yeah, which I hope is actually going to be the case. I will say this, though, to everyone that thinks him renaming himself Pete Dunne is going to magically fix his WWE career and he's going to be a world champion, he's going to be in exactly the same spot. I do think it's annoying that how they've paired him up with Tyler Bates. I love that they've paired him up with Tyler Bates. No, but more to do with just give him a singles run rather than try to reinvent him and then where we going with this tag team. I do, obviously, them two as a tag team, the chemistry is amazing. They've been going for years. They've got great friendship. On the corner, I think Butch Pete Dunne has the Iron Man performance in the Royal Rumble. I think he goes from one to... Do you think so? Place. Yeah. He's scrappy. He's got good stamina. It's a it's a good shout, and I could see it happening. I don't know if it will, is the question. I don't think it will. But I would have liked... I was going to go Carmelo Hayes. Ooh. Yeah, I was going to go Carmelo Hayes. I bet you'd go Carmelo Hayes. I wouldn't, you know. Would you not? No, I wouldn't, actually. That's a shame. No, no. I've got his number if you want it. <laughs> That's a lie. Um, well, those are ups and downs for the week. Um, obviously, there's so much more to talk about, especially in the head of the Royal Rumble. Uh, but we'll talk about more about that next week. We might as well bring on our very special guest, shouldn't we? Mr. Club Podcast. And now our next segment, ladies and gentlemen, between it is the Clubhouse Chatter, where we have a special guest this week. He is Britain's most unsuccessful Mexican wrestler and Europe's heaviest light entertainer. As seen on uh, politely being asked to leave Britain's Got Talent in 2022, he is also one of the new hosts of Progress Wrestling. Please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Jerry Bakewell. Hey. Jerry, 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 Jerry. I see you read my... Instagram bio. 
Well, it's it's basically your bio everywhere. It is um, bio everywhere. I'm Copy not, and paste. Copy and paste. I'm not going to lie because there's not much information about you. No, I like to keep it that way. I, I'm a big fan of what we call in the industry hard camp kayfabe. <laughs> 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 and I love the fact you've come um, suited and booted with holes in your jacket. Thank yeah, you very much. From work. What does uh, Jerry Bakewell do? Wrestling. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I work from home at the moment because of the pandemic and all that. Because so uh, of the pandemic? Yeah. Still going on. Okay. Um, yeah. Hard cam. Still going on. Uh, so I, I just wrestle people online now. I protect that. Do that. And then they make a noise. And then... That's, that's, so that pretty much works. Sexy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What part of Mexico are you from? Ge- the general region of Mexico. Mm-hmm. I'm not actually, I, I say that, um, a lot of people don't believe this when I say I'm not actually Mexican. Oh, okay. Uh, no, but life was, um, I grew up in the UK and life was very hard growing up as a Mexican wrestler with a regional accent. Mm. Yeah. Mm. All the kids to make fun of me. So were you born with the mask on? No, no, no. The mask was bestowed upon me. Mm. Um, from? From, you know, influential people. Uh, I can't, can't, I can't speak too much into that. Uh, but it's bestowed on, on, on me. Uh, you come on, you can't, you can't put a mask on a child. That's cruel. Um, you can put a mask on a dog. You can't, you can't put a mask on a child. Halloween's Halloween, yeah. Everyone. All right, okay, fine. I stand corrected. I wasn't prepared for that question. Fine. You can edit that out later. Fantastic. We will not be editing that out later. No, well, no, well, yeah. I like. Look, you know, in a world where anyone can find out anything about anyone yeah right? i think with wrestling it's the one one art form where a bit of mystique means something to people and i find it very important for me at least that i maintain that i don't want to go hey look at me i'm jerry bakewell and then online you can find out my name's like mark cram or something like that and i wear a hat that's not very exciting so it's like going to not you you're very exciting Thanks, mate. it's like going to disneyland right <laughs> And then, and then getting a picture, can he go up to Mickey Mouse and go, oh, Mickey, can I get a picture? And he takes his hat off. Yeah. And it's just an overworked, uh, low-paid low man sweating buckets. And you're just going to feel disappointed. So in many ways, you're like the undertaker of the British-UK wrestling scene. Yeah, in many ways. Many uh, ways. Not my words, but they are undoubtedly words. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have... Because my understanding is that you're from Yorkshire, Jerry Bacon? Yeah, they're aroundabouts. Or if I'm in Lancashire, I don't tell them I'm from Yorkshire and I let them believe I'm from Lancashire. Fair play. Okay, fair play. I won't say where. I don't like to give too much away. Were you named after the confectionery item or was that a happy coincidence? That's a happy coincidence. Okay. So Bakewell's not your favourite type of... No, Jerry like Cherry, Bakewell, yes I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you have any other family members who are wrestlers? Uh, I've got a, a brother uh, for storyline purposes. Because <laughs> um, I'm not going to. That's kayfabe gone. That's kayfabe. <laughs> kayfabe gone. I mean, kayfabe's all right to a point. Uh, State, <laughs> uh, called Stakely Bakewell, who is named after a mother's favourite pasty. Um, and yeah, yeah, we used to be a tag team called the Fabulous Bakewell Boys. Yes, because I first met you and saw you at Lucha Britannia. Um, where Lily Snatchdragon, who is a very good friend and a very amazing burlesque performer, was your manager. Yeah, absolutely right. So Lucha Britannia, like you said, was where I started the Jerry Bakewell in 2000 plus 11. Started the Jerry Bakewell. The Jerry Bakewell <laughs> in 2011 uh, with my tag team, uh, the Fabulous Bakewell Boys, me and Stakely Bakewell. And the best thing about Lucha Britannia is it's not just wrestling, it's cabaret uh, Sinestro, I think that's what it says in the marketing material. Um, so it's, anything goes. It's not. It's madness. You go, what you turn up. It's not just a wrestling show. It's a whole universe. Anything can happen. So in in the universe of Lucha Britannia, Lily Snatchdragon 
Um, I don't know if this is actually okay now, but Bakay was the Thai bride of our grandfather, Grandpa Bakewell. Yeah. Um, it was okay at the time. Uh, probably wouldn't do that storyline now. Uh, but yes, uh, so every month we got into all sorts of japes and scrapes with Lily Snapdragon, um, who stole our granddad away from us. Oh, and how did you feel about that? Uh, not too, not too bothered about it, to be perfectly honest, um, oh. because not close with your granddad. Well, no, well, not really, no. Um, but you know, she took him away, and then we just got to concentrate on the wrestling, which was the main thing. Yeah. Can we still see you at Lucha Britannia? Show? You can. Lucha Britannia is back live in living colour with a new home, Village Underground. It's a village underground. No, it's not <laughs> Shoreditch, and it's overground. But yes, <laughs> Lucha Britannia's found a new home, risen from the ashes of the Resistance Gallery, which hasn't burned down, or it did burn down once. Uh, <laughs> found a new home in the Village Underground. You can see us there, but actually, this podcast will go out afterwards, so you could have seen us on Friday the 19th of January. And also at Village Underground shows, you're not just a wrestler no. at Village Underground shows. You have a second role. Yes, due to budgetary restrictions, I'll also <laughs> do the first uh, cabaret act in the first half. Um, Which yeah. is your stand-up comedy. Sometimes I've done a striptease. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, it turns out burlesque, Sakisa, it's not that hard. Don't know what you're banging on about all these years. He did get the crowd going. I did mean, get... it was, you know... Hard to argue. I'm not saying. Wow. Yeah. Well, some people. Did you wear tassels? I missed that episode. No. Uh, what, what I'd done, I, I couldn't find pasties, they're called. You should know this. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, it's called pasties. And uh, no. <laughs> Number two, it's called pastries. <laughs> and I ate them all. No, I, I didn't have one. So what I did, and you, you'll, this is a tip for you if you're ever doing a gig and you forget your pasties. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank um, you. Is I, I sellotaped uh, two pepperamis to my nipples. <laughs> um, they were packaged because I thought it was a bit lewd to have unpackaged pepperamis strapped to your chest. And they went actually went down quite well. Um, you also swallowed a sword? Yeah, it was a pork sword. Uh, I I took a, I had a, it's the same act, I had a sausage, <laughs> took out my trunks. And I thought I'll do the, the but I, I've got a terrible gag reflex. Oh, so, sorry, babe. Yeah, sorry. So like the mask sort of high, hung, hides it. So I, 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 I sort of chewed it down to give the impression. And the crowd were were there for it. Did you have to lift and then? No, no, no. I can fit uh, like a uh, small like vulavongs, uh, sort of canapes, um, in anything like like a, like a sort of like a like a anything like a, you know a, a small item of food into my mouth hole. There's no problem there. And I, I, I did a song. I did a song last month. I did a, a, a originally pen song called Lucha People. And some say it sounds like pulps, pulps, uh, common people. Not true. Um, and I've done it all sorts, and I'll, I'll do it. I'm doing an act this month as well. So multi-talented. Multi-talented. Well, multi, not necessarily talented, but multi. Multi-talented, I would yeah. say. He's performing yeah. in multiple mediums. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm very kind of you to describe me as a medium, but I have myself <laughs> down as an extra large. No, I am a triple threat. <laughs> a triple threat. I arrive on time. <laughs> I arrive on time. I bring my own sandwiches, and I'm really quite cheap compared to all the other um, wrestlers and performers out there. Uh, do you still enjoy wrestling? Because obviously you've gone into the, the other multimedia areas um, of entertainment. I I used to enjoy wrestling, I'm not going to lie. I used to enjoy watching wrestling. And I still enjoy the concept of wrestling. Mm. But I find it hard to enjoy being in the wrestling itself. So when I was younger, uh, you know, everyone has got these stories about when, oh, well, when I fell in love with wrestling. So if you're like in your 50s and 60s, you go, oh, I loved world of sport wrestling. I'll, I'll never forget um, sort of all the old boys and, and 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 Johnny Saint doing all that, and I'll never forget that. I used to watch it with my gran, and and then and, and then maybe you'll be people in their forties, late thirties. Oh, I used to love Attitude Era. I used to love the Rock and Stone. Co no, no, actually, sorry, there'll be Ultimate Warrior and people like that, and I used to love that. And then people a bit younger. Oh, I used to watch the Attitude Era. Oh, I can't remember. 
what I really liked or what wrestlers inspired me. But I, 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 what I think about wrestling, about that philosophical with you, is like, to me, wrestling is about uh, human connection, mm. right? Wrestling, uh, to me, is about making sense of the world around you. It, it, it's about making people feel something. It's more importantly, it's about anticipation, Right. So if I if I was to explain sort of what wrestling is, and you, if you try to, like you kind of go, oh, it's in a ring and FI, you fall off flat on your face. No one's going to listen to you. But the the best example of wrestling, and this is why I fell in love with wrestling originally. The best example of finding wrestling is outside wrestling. Right. Do you remember Luke Littler from the darts, yeah. World Championship yeah. darts? Right. Yeah. Earlier this month. Right. Sixteen years old, a wizard at darts. Right. Turned up the first round of the World Championship. Everyone, who's this little boy? All the crowd were singing, um, you're going to school in the morning or something like that. You're going to school in the morning, school. No one gave him a chance and he won the first game, right? And then people started getting interested in him, right? But they thought, he'll never win the next one. He turned up to the next round, bang, he won that game as well, right? Then people got more interested in him. They said to him, what are you going to do if you win it? He thought, oh, just probably going to eat a kebab. We thought, yes. This guy, we like this guy. We found out that he had a, a slightly older girlfriend and it got a bit weird, so we forgot about <laughs> yeah. that. But then he faced Van Barneveld, one of the greatest darts players ever. We thought, this kid hasn't got a chance. You know what? He beat him and he got all the way to the final. And it was Luke Little Fever and we loved him. He was one of us and we wanted more than anything for him to win that darts final. And what happened? He lost. But by God... I'm I will pay good money to see him next year win that world championship. And that, to me, is wrestling. Well, that's not. If, if it was wrestling, it would be he gets hit in the head with a steel chair right at the final and loses. <laughs> goes on to WrestleMania. <laughs> but my point being, wrestling can create these sorts of environments. It's like watching your favourite film. Like, what's your favourite film? Oh, shit. Um... Yeah, you weren't ready to be. Oh yeah, that was it. Black Panther, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Okay. So Indiana Jones is <laughs> a great film, right? And see, you, you care about the character. It's well written, right? And so when he's fighting those Nazis, you're like, yes, come on, Indiana, you can do this. <laughs> Imagine, right? You're not sitting at home. You're watching it live, and it's right there in front of you, and you're cheering him on, and you're believing that you're helping him. Go on, Indiana, you beat those Nazis. Because if you don't cheer him on, they're going to eat him or something. I don't know. I've not seen the film. That, to me, is wrestling. You can create those moments and capture an audience and make them feel like they're part of it. And that's why I love wrestling. The problem is now fans are too cool, so there'd be fans in the audience now cheering the Nazis to look cool, wouldn't they? You'd, they'd be like, yeah, we like the bad guys. Yeah. Nerds. Speak for yourself, Mark. <laughs> I wouldn't cheer Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> you, Mark Cram, ah. comedian Mark Cram, wants to cheer Nazis and admit it on a podcast, and that's up yeah. to you. I'm not going to lie, you do look like you're cheering the Nazis. But the point being now, I find wrestling as a whole, it's very samey. Um, there's no there's no different styles anymore. It's an amalgamation of the same style. Like early MMA was what happens if this big sumo guy faces this karate guy and then they fight. And it was probably rubbish, yeah. but now they've amalgamated those styles into what is the most efficient and it's the same thing. I find the same with wrestling. There's no real Japanese style anymore. There's no UK style that's showcased. There's no real American style anymore. It's just the same thing. And I find it hard as an entry point as, a, as, a, as someone that... It, if I'm to watch wrestling, I find that nothing interests me anymore. So is this why you got into comedy? Yeah, and also I'm not very good at wrestling. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Drop that bomb. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Uh, no, that's, I, I would disagree. But oh, thank you very much. I've I've watched you have some tremendous uh, matches. Some with people that we, we can't, can't talk about that. anymore. I really was going to mention that one. I was like, no, we can't talk about that one. I can't talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't exist. That, yeah. Well, you had an epic one with uh, Blue Kane. Oh, must we say this? Uh, carry on. <laughs> um, Blue, Kane, we... Blue Kane not played by Glenn Jacobs. We'd like to. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Jacobs close. Glenn. <laughs> yeah, it's Blue Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Just burped on the fuck. That's a Pavlovian response to Blue Kane. Yeah. Um, Did you enjoy the match? Uh, not really. Um, <laughs> well, look, I will say you were very funny at the beginning. Thanks. That was a very backhanded compliment. Very funny at the beginning. The rest <laughs> was complete and utter shite. My favourite thing off the back of that was uh, one of your heroes watched that match on the internet and then, uh, didn't you say Jeff Jarrett oh. watched it? No, I saw a video that says Jeff Jarrett reviews Blue Kane versus Jerry Bakewell, and my heart sank. <laughs> if Jeff Jarrett, who I love, because he got the most out, he did very little. He looked after himself and others. If Jeff Jarrett watched me and thought I was terrible at wrestling, I would be devastated. Luckily, he didn't watch it, and he just said he liked the idea of it. Um, okay. That match. So that's a prime example of if you're turning up to a gig, you two, you know, star of stage and screen, Sakisa. And her friend Mark Grant. <laughs> <laughs> I love you even more. Thank you so much. If, you know, you're turning up to a gig and you can't be bothered and you think, oh, I'll just phone it in. Don't. Because you don't know where that footage, or if, if there is footage, might go. Case in point, this show was for a pizza place had burnt down and this was a, a charity fundraiser for the pizza place. I said, Jerry, can you do it? I said, yeah, why not? I was doing a gig afterwards somewhere else. I'll drop in. Who are you wrestling? Blue Kane. Oh, okay, fine. What is it? It's Kane, but blue. <laughs> so I turned up, and to be honest, I completely phoned it in. I put zero effort into the match, and I left and forgot about the whole thing. Until it ended up on the internet. Until it ended up on the internet, <laughs> and it got wildly popular. And then I got to track quite an interesting case study, is, is how, how these videos sort of travel. So I was seeing initially abuse from the UK, and then it was abuse from America. <laughs> and then abuse from most of Western Europe. So I'm getting abuse in French, German, Italian, uh, the other ones. And then, and then, it's, and then, and then it's getting abuse for, from, from, from South Asia, uh, oh, wow. Southeast Asia, and then, and, then, and then other parts of the world. And then it comes right back round and someone else brings it up. Um, so it's not my finest moment. I'm um, sorry. I'm in um... terrible shape. I've really phoned it in. But yet it's, mo it's, it's going to probably outlive me. Does uh, Blue Kane bring his own snow? Uh, or does someone else pay for that uh, snow? Because no. snow's expensive. It is. I, I can't divulge the secrets of... <laughs> also, can I just point out... Kayfabe. Kayfabe. Hard cam. He's um, not called Blue Kane anymore. It's called something else because he got a cease and desist from um, WWE. Of course he did. Um, of course so he did. It's not called Blue Kane. Via Knoxville County, Tennessee. Yeah. Of course he did. Mm. Um. Um, so he's called like a Blue Pain, I think he's called. Um, Blue Pain. Okay, fair play. Um, so, yeah. And it follows me around everywhere. People are, ask me about it. And quite frankly, it hurts every time. I, well, I think you're an amazing wrestler. Oh, thank you um, very much. And obviously a great entertainer as seen on Britain's Got Talent. Oh, that's... that. Oh, why? <laughs> The other viral video. Before we get to Britain's Got Talent, let's, let's list some things he's done. Jerry's won some titles. He's won some titles. Uh, Jerry has wrestled Zack Sabre Jr. Yep. I mean, in Worthing Town Hall. He won't, <laughs> he won't remember me, um, but yeah. We also beat him in a pub quiz. Yeah, we beat Zack Sabre Jr. in a pub quiz. <laughs> mm -hmm. True facts. And guess what? He didn't remember me. Um, 
Well, he can fuck off back to the Isle of Sheppey then. I don't give a no, fuck. I like him. He's really not. He's not. <laughs> Uh, you've wrestled Timothy Thatcher? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he beat the sh- out of me. Yeah. Mm. It was a good match. It was a good match. I did not enjoy it. I did, I did not realise my leg could touch the back of my head. Oh, you didn't know you were flexible. See, that's another I didn't thing. Know, and guess what? I'm not flexible. <laughs> but my leg can touch the back of my head. So, yeah, Jerry, great wrestler. I've done things. Yeah. Yeah, you've done but, things. Amazing things. But yeah. one of the things he has done. Is Britain's Got Talent. <laughs> well, look. We all get the emails, don't we? <laughs> yeah. We all had the emails. Yeah. And anyone with uh, dignity, self-respect, actual talent will say no to these things. <laughs> we'll just ignore them. Uh, and I thought, well, I've got literally nothing to lose and it might be a laugh. Yeah. Um, so I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll turn up. And, and it turned out not to be a laugh because you're there for 11 hours sitting in a, in a hotel nearby. Uh, they made me wear a big rubber... A leather mask with a with a with a Union Jack. I look like a sort of like a, a racist sort of Stay Puft man, uh, and and then and then uh, I get ridiculed. And Amanda Holden, right? I, Amanda Holden, if you're watching, you completely ruined my act. I said to them, I want a cold open. I come out. I'm not yeah. talking to the audience. They went, yes, we've cleared it with the judges. Guess what happened? First thing, Amanda Holden. Hello, hello. What's your name? What's your name? And I've never forgiven her for what she did to Keith Chegwin. <laughs> wow. Okay. But would you... And I've never listened to the Smiths since, Morrissey. Fair play. Uh... <laughs> would you... Um, so many imp- people are not going to get that. I uh, know. It's not... <laughs> <laughs> it's not stop me in the past, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> would you invite Simon Cowell to a wrestling match that you'll be in? Uh, no, because there'll be no way of gauging whether he enjoys it or not. Um... He's had a lot of plastic surgery. Hasn't yeah, he? that's you know, a lot of play to him. You know, that's, that's that's his thing. No, no, he wouldn't. One, well, he wouldn't reply to my messages. How many pants do you actually wear? Uh, one now. Um, oh, you wearing just one for us? Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, it's a podcast. Um, <laughs> no, uh, sometimes I wear five or six in any one go. Um, you know, it's, it gets a titter from the audience when you reveal a pair of clothing to reveal another pair of clothing that's exactly the same or slightly different. Um, Sexy. No, but do you feel sexy? No, I. Well, the problem with wearing lots of pairs of spandex is it they're they're they're, they're quite tight and it cuts right into my bladder. So you put them on and then you immediately need a piss. And you'll do a front bump and land on your back in your act as well. I'll do a flip bump, yeah. 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 And if that, it's not going very well, I'll do a flip bump to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and the crowd think it's real and I get to leave. Well, people at Bingo love it. Well, not booked me since June. <laughs> Johnny, if you're watching this, sorry, Blue Johnny, if you're watching this. What I love most about this, this podcast gets comments from people all over the world, so in America, and we've got our guest on screaming at a local bingo caller. <laughs> <laughs> love it so much. Don't get invited on podcasts. <laughs> so, obviously, I've mentioned at the start that you are one of the new hosts of Progress Wrestling. Can we applaud, by the way? Are we applauding him being? I mean, there's three of us here. It's being weird. a new host of Progress Wrestling. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I'm very, I'm very proud of Jerry. I'm, ver- I'm very proud of Jerry. Very pleased when Jerry turned up at unboxing, yeah. which was not surprising at all. Because <laughs> I told <laughs> you. Yeah, you told, you told us. Well, no one's supposed to know at unboxing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't but that wasn't the first one he did. We saw, he, no. we saw your debut, and I was. We did. I was sat in the front row, and I will say, I was very pretty. I was very. And the comments online have largely been very positive, which for wrestling fans is fucking amazing. Which we know Um, (laughs) from this podcast, we know. (laughs) How do you find it? I mean, it's quite a big venue. Um, I've got I've got a a Google Maps and I pretty get get there with no problem whatsoever. It's near the Northern Line. Um, 
But no, it's uh, well, look, I for one am very pleased that they didn't ask a proper comedian. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't get a chance. Um, I mean, you know, you could host Progress. No, I couldn't. Dead easy. I mean, I've, I've hosted shows before. Um, I've hosted the Jerry Bakewell Variety Show at the Pleasant Theatre. Um, and I've also, over the years, I've learned a lot from watching, to be honest, like cabaret uh, performers. I, I think uh, the best host in the whole of Europe, in my mind, is Benjamin Loosh. He's a wonderful mm. cabaret host. And watching Benjamin, you can just learn how to sort of... Uh, sort of gauge what to do in the right moment, bring the crowd up when you need to, bring them down and be entertaining yourself. I think with wrestling, um, people that host wrestling, everyone's, you know, we grow up and be conditioned to the old wrestling MC. So you've got your, mm. your, your, your Howard Finkels and your Lillian Garcia's and your other ones. Justin and Roberts. Justin Roberts. Yeah. Never Friend heard. of the podcast. Is he? Nah, I just think if I say it, he no. might just comment. <laughs> um, he shared one of my pictures. Did he? Yeah. Which ones? The cabaret ones. No. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking that, that would be Justin Richard Roberts. <laughs> Roberts. Justin Roberts. Um, blue Justin Roberts. That's it. Uh, why am I doing it? It's going to get cut out anyway. Right. So no. Um, I don't think it is. <laughs> I think like with, with, with wrestling MCs, we're all, uh, you know, they stand there and they go, the next match is scheduled for one fall. And everyone, I hate it when people shout one fall. One fall. Oh, it boils my piss. Um, you don't like people enjoying themselves. Sometimes. Well, much like you. I mean, if we're, you know, to boil it down. No. The one that did boil my personal wrestling things, for a while they were doing this in progress. I don't know if you ever saw this happen. They would count one number ahead of the referee. Oh, yeah. That to matter. try and throw the referee off his count. Yeah. yeah. Well, that shows they're not interested in, in no, the exactly, actual match. Yeah, yeah. So it's the wrestler's fault in that case. If you see it in the match. <laughs> oh, bit. shit. No, I think so. Right. Wrestling hosts, they go, oh, next match, weighing in at. 18 stone from he is the thighs from St. Ives, Jimmy Legs, or something like that. Right. And then, and then, uh, but what I think really benefits, what benefits some wrestling shows is having a host who's the, the bridge between the audience and what's going on in the ring. So, yeah, sometimes the wrestling shows and the crowd aren't too into it. They'll sit there and they'll, they'll not make any noise and it kills the whole thing. So, if you have a good host who can go, hey guys, you know what? It's all right. You can shout, you can laugh, put them at ease. So I think there's a lot to be said for sort of bringing elements from cabaret uh, and comedy into wrestling to give an easier job for the wrestlers. Because if the crowd are nice and warmed up, then yeah. the wrestlers are going to—it's going to be easy for them. And I think that's why you're so good at it. Your, your experience that you bring to it is really noticeable. And I think I think—and this not no, no disrespect to Jim Smallman, but Jim, Jim Smallman is the biggest scourge on the wrestling announcers in the UK. Because for a while after Jim, everyone wanted to do this sort of comedian style um, banter with the crowd. The issue is you're an actual performer. Jim was an actual performer. Jim could do that because he did 15 years of comedy comparing. So yeah. went, on a went on the ring and did that. And then you get some guy who runs his own wrestling promotion going in. I can do that. And then they're just, they're awful and they're killing the momentum of the crowd. So yeah, so you, you find your own style, don't so, you? And what and you what you do is if you've not seen Jerry Ring announce, it's very unique. It's very mm. you're, you're doing a lot of aside jokes as well. A lot of the but jokes about the referees are all funny. <laughs> oh, so good. Well, you could you could have a go at the referees because yeah. they're a fair game. You know, yeah. don't don't. But the, the the trick is not to you know undermine the wrestlers themselves. So you, it's when to be funny, when to you know laugh and joke around, and when to be serious. And that switch can also be quite useful because the crowd are like, oh, this must be proper serious. But I would say, if you get a chance, if you're a wrestling fan, you get a chance to see the best announcer you've ever seen. Come to Lucha Britannia, watch Benjamin Loosh yeah. because he get, paints a picture of what that, who that wrestler is, what they're about, and what you need to do before they even come out. Yeah. And it's unlike any other wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. it's yeah. so unique. 
Um, well, obviously you're sitting at the head of the table today, and I would like to invite you to invite three wrestlers to your dinner party. Who will they be? Yeah. And why? Can I ask why I've only got three? Is it like are we are we constrained by size? Am I constrained by popularity? <laughs> you only own so many plates. It's yeah, you, only own yeah. Th- right. So there's four of us. Oh, so we're like a, it's a table, like a square table. Yeah. So I had to think about this because I got an email first and foremost, <laughs> pulling the the curtains back. Kayfabe. Uh, kayfabe. Hard cam. Hard cam's that way, Sakisa. We've all got our own hard cam. Hard all, no, there's own. only one hard cam. Those two can move. That's the hard camera. I mean, come right. on. I thought you were performers. <laughs> all right. I mean, you've got, you should know about this. You're on television and everything. Right. Mark, God bless him. He won't have a clue. But, <laughs> you know, but you, you, on the other hand, should be quite frankly ashamed of yourself. I'm deleting uh, my recording of Live at the Apollo with you on it now. Oh, I'll never watch it again. <laughs> right, so who are your three wrestlers that's going to come to your dinner party? So I, I've only thought of two, but I'll think of the third one as it comes to me. But first one, obviously, no-brainer. This is absolutely nailed on, guest of honour, Cassandro El Exotico. And if you don't know who Cassandro is, there's a movie about him. Have a look. So Cassandro, for people who don't know who he is, is an exotico. And in Mexican wrestling, that means a wrestler who embraces uh, the power of femininity. And that often uh, it sort of manifests in the way that they dress and act and fight. And so uh, Cassandro, if you ever see Cassandro, imagine Liberace, but he could do you in. So wonderful hair, wonderful makeup, wonderful gowns, amazing entrance. Also the toughest person I've ever met in my entire life. I was lucky enough to go to a Cassandro seminar and he, he'd had two catchphrases. One, let's take the beauty parlour, honey. Uh, and, and two, um, what does fear stand for? What does fear stand for? Fuck everything and run. Do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, love that. And you, and you do the thing and you'd be filled with. Uh, but Cassandro's had one hell of a life, right? Because, you know. In, 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 when he broke into the business, um, Exoticos weren't seen as a main event. They weren't seen as a feature attraction. They were sort of looked down upon a bit. So he had to fight through prejudice, through through people not wanting him to, to succeed. And he, he's, he's turned out the other end um, being quite an icon of Mexican wrestling, a trailblazer of global wrestling. And also the hardest man I ever met. One of the first things he taught us was to how to lock up and gouge someone's eyes out if you need to, if they're being funny with you. So all the interesting stories, Cassandro, Cassandro, he... At the head of the table, although my one's round. Yeah. We saw them at Lucha. No. Cassandra has been at Lucha. Yeah, yeah. A number of occasions. Really? Yeah. yeah. Which was surprising because Cassandra at that point needed surgery. Well, Cassandra had many surgeries. But Cassandra needed surgery and, and still fought on and put on a great show. And it just has this incredible presence. So Cassandra, yeah. to hear the incredible stories, always a pleasure to be around Cassandra. Cassandra. Number one. Was he in that Louis Theroux documentary as well? Yeah, Louis yeah. Theroux. So He's in the that, I'm assuming, on BBC iPlayer. Yeah, probably. Where you, where you can also see live at the Apollo featuring Sakisa. Right, number two. Number two. My second guest to my my dinner party um, in Myland, where I now reside, um, is Mark Rollerball Rocco. Oh, what a choice! Oh, wow, yeah. world of sport legend. Not just world of sport legend. Someone else who transcended the sport and his influence extends decades beyond when he was an active wrestler. So Mark Rocco, if you ever watch, well, well ahead of his time in, in the British scene uh, with his outfit, yeah. the way he worked, it, he, he knew uh, he was a master of the British style, but also knew how to sort of bring in an audience and how to sort of take the Japanese style and the American style and make it palatable, make it exciting. Work rate, incredible, moved at 100 miles an hour, all made sense, no wasted movements. Went to Japan, was Black Tiger. Wrestled there under a hood. That's a mask in wrestling parlance. And uh, and made made waves there. Never made it in America. 
because he, he, he sort of, you know, when he was around, the, the times didn't sort of add up. So Mark Rocco, apparently lovely person, no longer with us, sadly. Mm. So we've resurrected Mark Rollable Rocco. He's sitting next to Cassandro. I'm soaking up the stories. To put that Mark Rocco thing in perspective for people who don't aren't familiar with British wrestling in the same way they are American yeah. wrestling, he was Black Tiger. Black Tiger 2 was Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. To show you the lineage of that mask, it's a big, big the deal big to deal. have that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Uh, do you have a third, or would you like to leave it blank? No, I'm gonna think of. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let, let, let's let's uh, scan my wrestling library. Yeah. Oh, there he is. Right, I'm going world of sport again. Because why not? And I'm gonna go for Les Kellett. Uh, now, arguably, Les Kellett would not be a very good dinner guest, as Les Kellett was famously quite a grumpy man. For those who didn't know him very well. And given that I'm meeting him for the first time and he's been resurrected from the dead, he's not going to be best pleased with me. No. How do you think he's going to get on with uh, Cassandra? Yeah. Les Keller. Well, you're assuming <laughs> a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> and I I don't know. I'm kind of 60% with you, <laughs> that one. I mean, okay, so if you don't know who Les Keller is, uh, a fantastic wrestler um, from the world of the sport era, but actually he wrestled long before it got on television. So by the time Les Kellett was on television, he was quite old, 50 plus, not saying that's old, but old for a wrestler. Um, and he also looked it. But if you're a fan of comedy or you're aspiring to learn anything about comedy, then you need to watch Les Kellett. Because what you're seeing at World of Sport Les Kellett, all on YouTubes, is somebody who's honed an act for decades. His timing is perfect. His comedy chops are absolutely perfect. The facials, the way he carries himself, the way he looks, it's all to a T. He, one match I'd, I'd sort of recommend, right? And, 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 and with comedy wrestling, people call comedy wrestling now, and I think they subvert it quite a lot. They subvert wrestling in order to make comedy. And I don't agree with that. I think the wrestling should be the reason for the comedy. It should be within the construct of the wrestling. You, a lot, you go to a, a, a lot of British shows, or like Takara is very popular. Mm. Um, mm. I like a lot of their stuff, but I can't get behind it when you're going, oh, here's a man that freezes time. And it's all very or funny. Or a fake gun or somebody. Uh, yeah. Doing, yeah. Oh, I can make you dance with magic or, yeah. That's not for me. I like, well, you, you ask somebody to suspend your disbelief and then you're saying, okay, but suspend your disbelief about this. Bit of a push too much. So if you want a, the best comedy match of all time, and I'd say one of the best comedy performances recorded on film, yes, I will go that far. Wow. It is Les Kellett wrestling Leon Arras, who was, uh, his real name was Brian Glover, and he went on to be an actor. He was in Kez. Kez? Kez. Kez? Kez. 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 About the little boy in the Falcon. Oh! Kez. Kez. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. We watched it at school. Kez. <laughs> he was in Kez. He went on to do a number of other things that were quite notable as well. But this match is just a perfect example of comedy timing. Uh, uh, Leon Arras was the foil. Les Kellett was the, the funny man. Um, and he could also batter the shit out of anyone because he's a bona fide hard man as well. So you want to see the best, in my opinion, in my opinion, humble Jerry Bakewell's opinion, the best example of a comedy performance on... On, on on film, Les Kellett, Leon Arras. It's on YouTube. So I have Les Kellett at the end. Old school. You've been so entertaining, Jerry. Um, honestly, and I've really enjoyed you having me on the podcast. Um, but to end the segment, let's do a 60-second challenge, shall we? I'm ready for my 60-second challenge. Go. AEW, WWE. WWE. 
What's your favourite type of pants? Uh, big blue ones that cover up your gut. <laughs> Give us your best one-liner. I don't know any one-liners. <laughs> Fine. Pinfall. Can I do it again? Go on. My mother was a marine biologist, by which I mean she was a regular biologist called Maureen. Pinfall submission. Uh, pinfall. Who would be your WrestleMania opponent? Uh, Roman Reigns this year. <laughs> <laughs> Strong star or Lucha? Uh, Lucha. Red or blue cane? Red cane. How old are you? 36. <laughs> <laughs> Snog, marry or kill? Uh, Conan, Rey Mysterio or Valkyrie? Who's Valkyrie? Toya Valkyrie. Kill Valkyrie, don't know who she is or he. <laughs> uh, marry Rey Mysterio, Snog Conan, the <laughs> barbarian. Which faction <laughs> in wrestling would you love to join? I would love to join the corporate ministry. Which <laughs> member of Beds is the best? Uh, Mark Cram, Graham, Matt, Matt. All of them. <laughs> Kill all of them. <laughs> I can't in, choose. Is it inside joke? Why should people go to Progress Wrestling? Uh, I mean, it's quite popular and it's well good, yeah. <laughs> um, last question for our lovely audience, and because they may be, be intrigued about it, and maybe... There's some people out there who wanted to know this particular question. Are you single, Mr. Jerry Bakewell? I am not single. So, sorry, Internet. Jerry Bakewell's off the menu. <laughs> <laughs> not even on the menu. Not even in the restaurant, mate. This has been my favourite episode of the podcast. <laughs> it's my favourite. It's the one I've said the least in, but I've enjoyed it. It's been my favourite. Yeah. I mean, I've not listened to it. To be yeah. fair, I've not listened to it. <laughs> Hate you both. Well, thank you very much, Sherry Bakewell. Yay! Happy New Year. Stay safe. <laughs> oh my God, I love Jerry Bakewell. I know, I knew. Obviously, we know him, and we we love him already. But I think I've fallen in love with him even more. Much like the cake, I can take him or leave him, but fine. <laughs> and if anyone gets a chance, please do go see Jerry Bakewell host. Um, at Progress Wrestling, go see him at Lucha Britannia, or if you like bingo, go see him at bingo. He also does stand-up comedy. Better than you? Yeah. In his genre. <laughs> 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 well, we're going to end the podcast with sell or no sell, and this is where I give you some uh, facts that may be true or false. Sell uh, is true, no sell is false. You know I've never once stuck to the format of this, but carry on. Fair play. Okay. Uh, Vince McMahon's HBO special will premiere soon. Sell. I think that's true. Sounds right. No sell. It's actually Netflix. What sort of shit is that? <laughs> what sort of gotcha peasantry are we dealing with here? Yes, the, the Vince McMahon documentary is coming out soon. But platform it's on is not of interest to the people risk listening to the podcast. Sabu is due to retire this year. No, it'll never happen. Even if he's saying it now, it'll never happen. He'll die in the ring. Oh, wow. Mm. Well, it also, he did say on stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw that he was going to retire this year, and he wanted to retire. I think it was Rob Van Dam. Do you remember when Terry Funk had his retirement match in 1998 against Bret, Fart, Bret Hart? Mm. And then in 1998, he was back wrestling in WWE again. Same with Ric Flair. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. so Shawn Michaels had that great match in Saudi Arabia after he retired, so yeah, whatever. Uh, Roman Reigns is only scheduled for Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and the next Saudi show. What's he, what's he getting his teeth fixed again? What's going on? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that sounds right. 
It's true. It's so he was scheduled for Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, the next Saudi show, SummerSlam. He's not scheduled for Elimination Chamber because the rumor was that it was going to be him and The Rock at Elimination Chamber, wasn't it? You know what? I've got a theory. I don't think The Rock's wrestling. I think this is literally a pop the crowd thing they've said. I think it's if he's if he is wrestling, it's not going to be soon. He's I, too big to wrestle. Have you seen how big the fucker is right now? Yeah, no. You can't move when you're that muscular. But I, I generally don't think it's going to be WrestleMania. I feel like it will be later in the year if it's going to happen. Mm. But they have to do it now. Um, last one. CM Punk was knocked off the top WWE merchandise seller of the week. Yes, because our truth is on the judgment day. Sell. Sell, sell, baby. Our truth. Sell, sell, sell that merch, baby. Sell that merch. Oh. That's what's up right there. <laughs> what's up? I hope uh, you all enjoyed today's episode of the Wrestle Club UK podcast. Please do like and subscribe, like I said at the start of it. Um, I really enjoyed Jerry Boatcoil. Please do come follow him on Instagram. Um, please do support him at Progress Wrestling because he's absolutely epic. Mark, are you okay? Well, I feel marginally offended by some of the things that's gone on in the podcast today. <laughs> I feel... As a valued member of the team, it would have been nice for you to stick up for me at least once. When <laughs> no, actually, no. <laughs> Mr. I don't listen to the podcast, oh, you know but what? I'm not on it. Fuck this. I'm starting my own podcast. <laughs> Come watch Mark Cram's wrestling podcast you called know, No Sakitas Allowed. You know what, actually? Um, I feel like a lot of people that listen to this podcast will actually enjoy that. <laughs> so I'm taking Richard right with me. He's mine. No, you're not. <laughs> you can have Ibs and Danny. You can't leave me with the fluffy boys. You can keep the fucking fluffy boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mark Crown. You've been absolutely amazing today. It's been a pleasure, as always. Thank you, baby. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy wrestling. Bye. A flying clothesliner, two by four to the face. Then she hits you with a turnbuckle splash. Wrestle Club Podcast. Whiskey's It's her and her friends, and they talk about wrestling every kind of.